All right, well, good morning, church, wherever you are, in your home, whoever you're with, we just want to say good morning. So glad that you are here, spending part of your week, and welcome to Skyline Church Online. Listen, we're one church in many locations, one of which is your home right now. And parents, listen, before we jump into anything, I want to let you know that starting today, uh, we actually have Kids Church available online as well for you. So if you have another device or computer, you can head over to, to our website, skylinechurch.cc, and there's a link on the homepage there that says Sky Kids Online, and we've got uh, worship experiences for them and resources for you, so I want to encourage you to do that. If you're on Facebook Live with us this morning, just want to say hi, give a shout out from wherever you are, say hi, check in with us. And if you're joining us on our brand new, um, just updated online platform, I just want to say welcome, check in, say hi, tell us where you are. Our hosts are online with you. They're there to answer any questions you have, to connect with you. In fact, if you're looking at it, the top right of your screen there, you'll see some ways that you can connect with us. Maybe if, maybe it's your first time ever checking out Skyline. Church. If it is, we'd love to connect with you. There's a button that says connect card. You can you can take that and, and let us know that you're here. If you have a prayer request, if there's something we can do for you, fill that out. In fact, our team online will pray with you right now as you put that in. You can also give from, from there as well. If you normally give and support Skyline, I want to encourage you to do that this morning from there. So here we go. We're going to jump right back into our Fierce Jesus series. Uh, and so get something to write on, get something to write with, get your, your Bible out, get your Bible app out, get uh, our app out, whatever you need to do to, to just jot some notes in. We're going to lean in. Here we go. We're actually jumping back into Mark chapter one. Uh, we, we jumped away from there a little bit for part three, but here for part four, we're back in it. Mark chapter one, we're going to read a couple of verses. Here's what it says. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And filled with compassion, he reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cleaned. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. He said, see that you don't tell this to anyone. But go show yourself to the priests, offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. I love this. Instead, <laughs> he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. And yet the people still came to him from everywhere. You know, I think there are, there are certain phrases and certain words that, that we use in, in Christian vocabulary that, that if we're not careful, they kind of lose their power, uh, that they lose the ability to kind of to penetrate our hearts and souls because of how often we use them and, and how we use them. And it's like when we say amazing grace, you know, the, the, just the idea of grace, I think that's a word that, that we use so often and we're, we're so familiar with that I'm afraid that when we sing it or when we talk about it, we, we really don't understand it all that well. And to, to really understand grace, you have to understand that grace is dangerous. Like, like really how scandalous grace really is. And, and in this passage, these quick couple of verses in Mark, you get a glimpse of some dangerous grace. And so I really just want to camp out and just one, really honestly, just one verse from this today. Verse 40, it says, a man with leprosy came to him. 
You know, and, 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 and you can go through the other Gospels. You can look, look at Mark, uh, I mean Matthew, look at Luke, look at John. Look for more information on this man, and you can't find it. Mark, Mark doesn't give us any information. There, there, there's no description, hair color, eye color, no, no name or anything. Like this is one of the first miracles uh, put in his Gospel, and the man doesn't even get a name. We... We, we don't get his name, but, but we get his condition, leprosy. We, we, we don't get his name, but we get to hear about his issue. And if we're not careful, sometimes your identity can be consumed by your issues. You, you, become, you become known by what's ailing you instead of who you have the potential to be. In fact, so much we can get lost in our issues that that we, we forget our own name, we, we really forget our, our identity, lo- losing ourselves in, in, in our issues, it, it can consume us and become our, our identity. You know, when, when Moses met with God back in, back in Exodus, there, there was a fire burning a bush, but the fire did not consume that bush. It burned and it burned and it burned and, and God spoke from it. And Moses said, God said, Moses, I want you to know who I am. And Moses said, okay, God, who are you? And God said, I am. And, and I can imagine Moses saying, well, God, that's a good start, but, but what comes next? And, and I think what God would want to say is this, is that whatever you need comes next. Because I, I, I am the great I am. I, whatever you need, I will already be it. Like I, I'm the God who is everything that you could need. Now listen, there are going to be some people in your life who, who know what you need, but they'll never be able to give it to you. And, and there, there's going to be some people who would want more than anything to give you what you need, but, but can't afford it. They're unable to. Je- listen, Jesus is the only one who knows what you need and is what you need simultaneously. He, he's the only one who knows what you need, but is also what you need. Uh, you, you could turn to your spouse you've been married to for 35 years and it does not matter. You, I dare you to look at them and say, you are not everything I need. You come close, but in every, you, you can't be everything that I need in every season. Is what you need is you need a God who is familiar with your secrets, with your most intimate issues and, and still makes the decision to love you. That, that no matter, on your worst day, on the day with no makeup, the day with all your, your faults and all your, your flaws and failures, I, like I need a God who, who will choose me, not, not only in spite of my flaws, but because of my flaws, will make all things work together for my good. That he'll make my weakness his strength. He's going to who will make the decision to set up and dwell in my broken life. So this, this man shows up and he's got no name given. We know his issue, but we don't know his name. He's, he's consumed by an issue. I, I wonder if that's ever happened to you. I, I wonder if you've, if you've ever been so consumed by an issue, it just becomes part of who you are. But, but God did not say, I'm the great I did. He said, I'm the great I am. Because listen, there, there's always going to be a temptation in life to over-identify either with your issues or with your gifts. 
Because if you're really, really good, if you're really, really talented and you got a gift, you're going to learn how to perform and how to, how to receive praise for the way that you can perform. But God said, listen, I'm not the great I do. I am the great I am. And so a man with leprosy whose, whose name has just been consumed by his disease, he's, he's been relegated to and confined outside of the camp, outside of normal interaction. He's cut off from his people. In fact, you can read, if you go back and read Leviticus chapter 13, uh, if you're looking for a quick devo, uh, I don't suggest Leviticus. It takes a little bit of work. But, but if, you, if you look at it, Leviticus 13 actually helps us understand what this man would have been experiencing. Because it spells out what, what needed to happen to somebody if they, if they had this. And what you'll see is that if you had leprosy, that, that any, it, it refers to it this way. Anyone who had such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkept, cover the lower part of their face. And whenever they're out, out walking around, they have to cry out, unclean. I, I'm unclean. And as long as they have this disease, they remain unclean. They have to live outside of the camp. So in all reality, the, the greatest pain of this man's particular issue was not physical. It was emotional. Because now he's isolated. He's cut off. And so a man with leprosy, uh, with no name, came to him who is the name above every other name. So whatever name your issue has, listen to me, I know a name that's greater than it. And if you can name your issue, then I can tell you a name that is above that name, a name at which will make the name of your issue have to get down and bend down on its knee and bow before him. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Not eventually, not down the road, not just in eternity, but right now. It's got to bow at the name of Jesus. And so he comes to him, and he did it all wrong, I mean, all wrong, like, like totally blew this. He, he approaches Jesus, he broke every religious rule. He, he didn't announce that he was unclean, he, he didn't tell people, he, was, he didn't identify himself with his issue, and he didn't, he didn't keep the appropriate distance from people. Because when you, when you had leprosy, you had to stay back. Because you were, you were contagious. And so it's crazy to think that he would approach anybody, let alone the, the miracle worker Jesus from, from Nazareth. But a man with leprosy came to him. And, and it's hard to imagine. You, you can maybe do this as an exercise later. 50 paces is the distance that this man would have to keep himself from everybody. That, that was the appropriate space you talk about social distancing. 50 paces. He had to stay away from everybody, keep that distance. That way he would not defile anybody who was clean. So like, he was allowed to be around, but he wasn't allowed to be close. Like, he can come to church, but you, you, you got to sit in a special section behind a screen to make sure that no one else will catch it. But wouldn't it be interesting the next time we get to gather together live in, in a building, we, we checked your issue at the door and then sat you accordingly? Honestly, in some ways, I think the leper had an advantage because his issue was on the outside. It, it was easily recognizable. A, a lot of us don't have 
spots on our, on our skin, but it said we have secret, secret spots. Spots on our soul. Spots of insecurity. Spots of depression, anxiety, addiction. But you can't see them. You know, certain addictions manifest themselves very, very visibly. They're, they're easy to recognize. But the thing about secrets is when you keep them on the inside. Listen, you can be in church, but you're still really behind the screen. And it's, it's not one that anyone set up for you. It's, it's one that you've set up for, your, for yourself. And it prevents people from ever really seeing who you really are. But it's also going to stop you from seeing Jesus for who he really is. So you, you come to church, but, but you're covered. You, you, you don't really want the presence of Jesus to, to do anything to you, to touch you. And so you come to church and you play it all off. You, the reality is this, is that, that shame always creates a screen. To keep you from being who you really are. From, from seeing, but also from being seen. I, I'm at church, but, but I'm not really there. I, I, learned how to, I learned how to hide. And we do that because intimacy requires proximity. Intimacy requires closeness. And so we, we need the ability to, to come out from whatever we're hiding behind, from, from the shame that we're hiding behind, and, and actually allow ourselves to be seen. And so this, this man actually violates the law that was meant to protect other people from, from being infected and being consumed by what consumed him. But he had heard that there was a man who was standing up in church and telling demons to sit down and shut up. And he figured if, if Jesus could, could deal with some demons, then maybe Jesus could do something for me. If he could do that for them, if, if, listen to me, if he could ever do it for anybody, what's, him to, what's stopping him from doing it for me? And so he decides to take the, the walk of shame, 50 paces. I, I wonder how hard the first one was to make the decision that I'm going to change. Because if I stay here, I'm going to die. But I, I'd, rather, I'd rather die trying to be whole than living this way. Because the, the danger of isolation is much greater than the risk of intimacy. The, the danger of, of keeping yourself isolated and hidden and covering yourself is much greater than, than you actually stepping out and, and getting close and being intimate. It's, it's safer to come out from behind and be seen for who you really are than to hide behind an image of what, you, of what you want people to think you are. And so he started to walk. He, he starts the, the 50 paces. I, I, wonder if he, I wonder how many times he, he thought he was going to get stopped by somebody. I, I got a question. Where, where in the world was Peter. We read later in the Gospels that when, when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter cut off a dude's ear. I mean, I mean, Peter was, where's Peter right now? Like, why didn't Peter stop this man? 
Because he really shouldn't have ever let him get close to Jesus. He could have, ru- this, this man could, in Peter's eyes, this man could have ruined everything. Because if he lets this unclean man touch Jesus, who is clean, then the clean becomes unclean. But this man had gotten so desperate, he, he just makes the decision to try. I'd rather find out what can happen. And if he can do what everyone says that he can do, maybe my life can be different. I don't know if I'll make it. These people could kill me for what I'm doing right now, but I got to keep on going. Sometimes you got to get to the point where you don't care what it looks like or what anybody else thinks. I'd rather live as I really am than than die in this place of shame. There's, There's too many of us stuck in shame. Stuck in hopelessness, stuck in a a place of despair, stuck in a place of of loneliness. People have told you to stay put. Religion has told you that you got to fix yourself up. Your loved ones have told you that you'll you'll never be able to change. But I wonder today, is there someone who's listening who'd be willing to get up? Someone willing to take the risk to get close? Someone willing to to close the gap? Someone willing to say, I don't care what others have said, I am going to get close. And I wonder as he got closer and closer if it, if it started to feel a little bit scary. I got to keep moving. I, I, I got to get there. I got to keep walking. I got to make it. And then finally it gets there. He says, I, I'm here. I, I'm here, Lord. I, on the surface, I, I know that when you look at me, I, I look unclean. But, but I've got some faith. And, 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 and I heard that you could heal and, I, and I'm here, and, and I'm no, I know that I'm not supposed to be. But if, if you are who I've heard you are, and, and I know that my, my unholiness and, and your holiness don't, don't really belong together, but I'm here, I, I, took the, I took the 50 steps to get here, I'm completely out of place, but I'm here. I want to show you something. It actually wasn't, it wasn't the 50 steps that got the man his healing. Mark 1 verse 40. It says a man with leprosy came to him and says he begged on his knees. And so it, it, wasn't, the, it wasn't the 50 steps that got him healed. I, I, it was the very next thing he did. He, he got down. He said, Jesus, I'm here. I'm humble. I, I, I know that I don't belong. I, I know that this isn't the place for me. But listen, if, if, you, can, if you can get humble. Listen, I, it, 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 you can come to church. Listen to me, you can come all the way to church and not get healed. <laughs> but if you'll humble yourself under the mighty hand of Jesus... Said, yeah, I, I don't want my issues anymore. I, I heard what you can do, and, and if you will, uh, you can make me clean. I know you can. I just, I'm just not sure if you will. You know, I think it's actually easier to get people to believe God is great than it is to believe that he's good. It's not hard to get people to, to believe that God can do anything. All, I mean, all of creation declares his greatness and who he is. It's, it, it's not can God make an ocean? It's, it's can, he, 
Can he calm the seas within me? I, I know that you can, but will you? And Jesus did something so scandalous, so dangerous, so fierce. Because intimacy is risky. For Jesus to touch this man, it, it put at risk him catching what the man had. But he touched him. He, you can't do that, Jesus. Because according to the law, if something is unclean touches something clean, then the clean will become unclean. But Jesus said, hey, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So when that which, has, which, which is perfect has come, that which is imperfect will be done away with. One that's greater than Moses is here. It's not just the one who heard the great I am. It is the great I am. And Jesus says, hey, I'm not worried about touching him. If the unclean touches the clean, the clean becomes unclean. But if the unclean touches Jesus, Jesus who is the perfect, sinless, spotless lamb of God, when one who is unclean touches him that is perfect, the unclean doesn't make him unclean unclean the the clean makes him clean he's unashamed to be identified with me Jesus is unashamed to be associated with me he's unashamed to put his hands on me he's not worried about catching what I've got if I if I could just get close enough to Jesus his righteousness will rub off on me like Grace, come on, grace is contagious. Praise is contagious. I, grace is more contagious than shame. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what they've labeled you. It doesn't matter what you did or, or, or what you've said. You are the righteousness of God. Now listen, this is the gospel. And it, I, I understand that this message isn't super deep, and I get that. It's, it, it's, not, it's not profound. I, I get that. I understand that. But listen to me. There's, there is so much shame that keep so many of us away from the presence of Jesus who stands ready to remove all that shame. And I, and I want more than anything today for, for somebody to say, I'll step out of my shame. And so Jesus looked at him, and, and the passage we read in Mark said that he was filled with compassion. In fact, I want to read it again. Mark chapter 1, verse 41. We, we read it earlier, and it said that Jesus was filled with compassion. But there's, an, there's another translation of, of, of that same thing. It says that Jesus was indignant. I don't get it. it was it, it one 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 way it said it said he had compassion. Now now it says he's he's indignant because sometimes translations don't don't work right. There's there's a distance between how they viewed and understood things and how we viewed things. So when we say grace, it's a when we use that term, it's a really soft term. But but when when someone in the first century, when a Hebrew person would have thought of the word grace, they, they would have seen it coming from the same place that anger came from. It came, it came, it, this is a Greek word I'm going to teach you. It's called splatnizomai. And don't worry about it if you can't say it right. Just say it with confidence and the person next to you is going to think you said it right. 
But here's what happened. So I'm going to uh, help us out. In 1984, the, when, the, when the NIV was doing translations, they translated this as compassion. But when they came back together in 2011 and reviewed it and were looking at it and just trying to be as accurate as they could, they, they, they translated it as indignant, like angry, furious, frustrated, annoyed, undignified. So which is it? Was was Jesus filled with compassion or was he indignant? Yes. Yes. He was filled with compassion and indignant. It, it comes from the same place. That word means that it comes from the guts, the bowels, like where you really feel it. Which becomes so much more meaningful when you remember or understand the first sign of leprosy is you start losing feeling in your extremities. So this man who can't feel and has gone numb is touched by a Savior who feels for him. And listen, this is where Christianity is different. This is what sets it apart from every other. It's not just a list of some other options. Why? Because we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness, but he's able to be touched with a feeling, with, uh, with, with splatnizomai, like deep down, like in life we can go numb. And, and when you go numb, you can get hurt and not feel it. A, a small cut could kill you because it, if it gets infected and you can't feel it, then you don't know that you need healing. And so I wonder if the enemy has caused you to, to go numb, to where, where you no longer feel the splatnizomai, the, the passion. Because the religious system had gone numb. When, when, when later on in, in, in Mark, Jesus healed a man with a withered hand. And the only thing the religious people were, were worried about was what day he did it on. They had gone so numb, the only thing they cared about were some rules. But Jesus, who is the righteousness of God, looked at this man with compassion, looked, looked at him, looked at the shame that he was forced to carry. And Jesus looking at him breaks all the rules and he makes a move and, and he feels for him and he touches him because of what he feels for him. And I can imagine the man saying, I want to feel again. And Jesus saying the same thing to us, I want you to feel again. I don't want you to be numb. I don't want you to be numb to what's going on in your life, but I want your heart to break over the things that it should break over. I want you to have compassion where you should have some compassion. I want you to feel the hope of my presence. Oh, Jesus, renew a right spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence. Help me to feel again. Jesus, I want your presence more than I want the approval. But why was Jesus, why was he indignant? Why was he angry? He wasn't mad at the man. It wasn't the man's fault he had leprosy. Maybe he was mad because he knew that the man would do exactly what he told him not to. Did you catch that? Because in verse 43, it says that Jesus sent him away with a, with a strong warning. And again, the English is weak. It's not wrong, it's, it's, it's just weak. Because really what that says is, is that Jesus charged the man with a flared nostril. 
That's literally what that means. What one scholar said it this way, that in this moment, Jesus snorted. Now listen, I know you don't like snorting Jesus, but you, you have to understand. He, he warned him, said, hey, don't tell people what I did. Because if you do, it's going to prohibit me. It's going to prevent me. People will only want from me the same type of thing I did for you, but I have more to do. I've got to go lay down my life. I've got to go atone for the sins of the world. I have to go and defeat the grave. And he knew the man would do the opposite of what he asked, but he heals him anyway. He knew that I would still struggle with sin, but he saved me anyway. Okay, I, I, I need to hurry up. I need to hurry up. Right where you are in your home, stand up. Just stand up where you are. We're going we're gonna to close standing together. Just look at whoever's with you and say, he did it anyway. Come on, say, he, he did it. He did it anyway. He knew that even though my chains would be broken, I'd still struggle with the remnant of my sin, with the effects of my sin, but he did it anyway. Jesus said, don't tell anyone. But the man went and did it anyway. Now listen, I could preach that a whole bunch of different ways. That when Jesus touches your life and changes you and heals you in a way that nobody else can, you can't help but tell people. No one's going to have to teach you how to evangelize. You're just going to do it. He changed me. People are going to ask, what have you become a billboard for Jesus? Come, listen, come. You don't need to just come to church. You need to come see a man who told me everything about myself. You need to come see the man who wasn't ashamed to touch me. You need to come see the man who's who's willing to eat despite all my faults. Despite all my flaws, he's willing to set up camp in my house and in my life. You've got to meet this man. But something happens. This man went out and did what Jesus asked him not to do. In verse 45, it says, as a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places yet the people still came to him from everywhere so he went and told everyone what he wasn't supposed to and because he did Jesus could no longer enter a place openly when this story started the leper was the one in a lonely place but by the time it's over Jesus is where the leper belongs. And listen, here's the gospel. Here's what you Jesus did not just heal this man's skin. He took his place. And that's why we praise Jesus. Not just because he heals me. Not just because he did something for me. But because he takes my place. He stood in my place so that I could stand in his place. He, he took my disease so that I could become righteousness. Jesus swapped places with me. It could be easy to read this story on the surface and think that it was the leper who came to Jesus. But you've got to understand that the, that the scriptures say that in the fullness of time, God sent his only son born of a virgin. So listen, what I want to tell you today is this, is that it wasn't the leper who came to Jesus. It was Jesus who came to the leper. It's not me who makes my way to Jesus. 
It's Jesus who came to me. He sees everything that I struggle with. He sees my every fault. He sees my every insecurity, my every fear. And he's not ashamed to come to me. He's not ashamed to reach out his hand and touch me. He's not ashamed to take my place so that I can take his place as the righteousness of God. He didn't just heal my issue. He took my place. He took my place. So now the leper is able to go in. And he became sin who knew no sin so that I could become the righteousness of God. Listen to me. No matter where you are, this gospel has the power to take away your guilt and your shame. But you've got to get in position. You've got to get in position. Too many of us. Listen to me, you've, you've hidden behind your shame for too long. You went numb a long time ago. And you have to understand that this gospel, this Jesus, not only wants to remove your shame, not only wants to heal your disease, but wants to take your place. But you have to position yourself. Lord, here I am. I don't deserve it. I shouldn't even really be in your presence. But Lord, I submit. I submit. Come on, no matter where you are right now, put yourself in a position of humility. It might look like putting your hands up. It might look like getting down on your knees. It might look like closing your eyes. But come to a place of submission right now. Listen to me, you've been hiding behind shame for too long. You've been numb for too long. And it's not you who needs to come to Jesus. Jesus has already made his way to you. And if you're willing to say, Lord, I'm weak, you can make me stronger. Lord, I need you. Lord, I humble myself. I, I don't want just my, I don't just want the outside to look a little bit better, but I want you to, I want to be able to feel again. I, I want to return to my first love. I want that lamp to burn inside of me again with some holy oil. Listen, there are many of us today, you've got to return to your first love in Jesus. In fact, right now, I just want to pray for us. Jesus, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice, no matter what home they're in, no matter where they find themselves. Jesus, if we would humble ourselves, Lord, we don't have to, we don't have to do a walk of shame, Jesus. You stand ready to remove my shame. You stand ready to forgive me. You stand ready 
to trade places. You stand ready to stand in my shame, Jesus, so that I can stand in your righteousness. You stand ready to stand in the grave so that I can stand in life, Jesus. You stand ready to reach down and lift me up from whatever, whatever ails me. Thank you, Lord, that you're unashamed to put your hand on me. You're unashamed to know me, that you've seen everything about me. And Jesus, you still love me. You still gave your life for me. You still shed your blood for me. I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, I pray that each and every one of us would step out of shame today. Step into the power of your spirit. They would begin to walk in righteousness. And walk in everything that you've called us to be. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We pray all of these things in your mighty name. The name above every name. The name at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said amen. 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 Here's what I want you to do. If you're online, if you made a decision today, if you want to make a decision to, to step into faith with Jesus, to step into a relationship with Jesus, here's what I want you to do. If you're on Facebook, just tell us. In fact, if you're on our other platform, there's a little button that says salvation or rededication. You can just click on that and let us know you made a decision today because we would love to pray for you, to pray with you, to give you some next steps and what that means to step into a genuine relationship with Jesus. If you have something that we can pray for, just click that prayer request button. Our team is going to be praying with you. We're so glad that you decided to join us online this morning. Really quickly, one other thing before we before we leave, I just want to let you know, listen, if you, we had the opportunity this week to feed a whole bunch of families in church. You showed up big time. We had cars out this week going door to door, dropping off groceries, dropping off diapers, dropping off formula, caring for people. Church, you were the church this week and I just want to encourage you to keep moving forward with that keep helping us do that we're going to have more opportunities for us to be the church in this season as we're unable to gather live together we're just going to love the mess out of our city now listen the only way that we're able to do that the only way that Skyline is able to continue to move forward listen we, we say our vision this way that we exist to to, tr to transform Central Virginia with the radical love of Jesus. Listen, we've never had an opportunity like we do now to show the radical love of Jesus. And the only way we're able to do that is when God's people are generous. And when God's people are generous, the church is able to be generous. So listen, if you call Skyline your home, maybe sometimes you, you gave in person when we gathered together, Maybe you normally give online. Listen, I want to encourage you right now. There's a little button that says give. I encourage you. Continue, church. Continue to be faithful and consistent and generous with your giving so that the church can continue to be generous with what we're doing in this season. So I just want to encourage you to do that this morning. Now listen, if you're new, we don't want anything from you. We're so glad that you joined us online today. We hope 
that you will do the same this coming week. We'll be gathering online every Sunday at 11 a.m. We look forward to being able to worship with you again next week. Now, I'm going to do something we normally do in person. That's I'm just going to give a blessing to you. So right now, I just pray that, that God would cause his good and shining face to shine upon you. That he'd give you his peace. He'd give you his rest. He'd give you his joy. Until we gather together again. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, everybody.